on the way to the top floor. I ain't selling out though, but I'm on the way. Got a lot of real, must the motivate. Hold all the moves, I'ma play and play. On the way. Motivation for all the real ones, nigga. On the way. On the way to the big check. You ain't know I'm up next, but I'm on the way. You ain't take risks, cause you too afraid. I'ma just eat till I'm overweight. On the way. On the way. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Millionaire Mindsets Podcast. I'm your host, Xavier Miller. And today, uh, Deanna Kent, she's going to be on this episode. She had, She's doing her realtor test today, so we wish her luck. I'm pretty sure she's going to pass with flying colors. So it'll just be me and a special guest. And today we have a very, very, another another, spe- another special guest, We a, a great guest we have for y'all. And his name is uh, Andre Hatchet. He's an entrepreneur, a business instructor, an investor. Uh, author and, and so much more and thanks for coming on the show bro <laughs> it's an honor man thanks for having me leader i appreciate it yeah man we i appreciate you coming on to, to give us some juice to give us some game man I definitely appreciate it yeah that's <laughs> what i'm here to do yes sir so uh just to get in, just to get right into it so we know that you have like all these things going on so i want to take it back to like the root like what got you started into like finance and being like financially literate like what's the root of that I think I'm just one of those people who naturally crave independence even at an early age. So mm-hmm. even when I was a kid, my earliest days, we were shoveling snow and um, selling candy in school <laughs> and, and, and selling lemonade. I, just, I mean, like, I'm still seven, eight, nine years old here. I just didn't like caps. Yeah. I didn't like... The, to be capped off and to hear no from my parents, I was just, uh, I'm just a figure it out kind of guy. So, so that just has been me ever since we were kids, and and now as adults, it hasn't gone anywhere. It's only intensified. So, so <laughs> right, independence for me is a big deal. Hey, the man, that's I feel the same way, and it's so crazy because I feel like every entrepreneur is like their first experience is like doing something with like candy or selling some kind of like you know what i mean something mm-hmm. like that so that's that's crazy because my experience is very similar my first my thing was uh i started selling like kool-aid and i put it in like plastic bags and i had like one of my <laughs> one of my clothes this was when i was like six seven eight years old and like one of my best friends at the time he was like we we partnered up and we made like 50 100 a week and that was yeah that was like my that was like my first taste and i'm like man this fun but uh, <laughs> but uh so I see. I, I uh, noticed something that you posted, and I was like, "Man, I, I gotta ask him about this because this is dope." And it was that you, uh, you, you said, it said you first, you purchased your first property when you was making what? How much? How much was it an hour? Like 15, oh, yeah. fifteen dollars an uh, hour? 15, fifteen, yeah. And 15, you were. 15. And how old were you again? Twenty-two when so, we closed. So, wow! So that's mm-hmm. that's like major. So I want to dig into that because there's a lot of people that want to get they want to get into real estate, but they like I don't make enough. I don't got the money. So, you know yeah. what I mean? So, like, dive into it. Yeah, so now I'm 36, 34 in mm-hmm. um, a month, exactly a month. So, uh, 37 is in exactly a month. So, so let's go back a little bit. Um, it's all about how bad you want it. Literally all about how bad you want it. I was, one of the good things um, about being so, one of the things that can be good if you utilize it correctly about being so independent is is when you're not independent, you're ticked off. 
Yeah. So, so I was just mad. I felt oppressed. I, I, I felt targeted because of my race, and I was working in the school system, so gender as well. Uh, I, I just didn't like the feeling. I just didn't like the feeling of feeling oppressed. And I, 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 I took that energy, and I said, you know what? I'm gonna at least if I have to do the nine to five thing right now, at least I'm gonna own where I live. At least that, at least bare <laughs> minimum, just for the fight of my independence, I'm gonna start with that. So, so that's where I started. That's the and I I wrote down every dollar I earned, I, I earned and spent and saved because I wasn't making a lot of money. I had to track where it was going. Most times, if we track where the money's going, we can see. Especially if you're not making a lot, um, and I didn't have a degree, so mm. it wasn't like I was going to graduate in a year and I'm going to make X, Y, Z dollars like my friends are, and then my salary is going to grow up. It's like I'm going to have to create my salary going up. So, so the thing that I can control now is my spending. So, I mean, yeah, it was like two years, man. It was like wow. two years. Wrote down everything I earned, that I spent, and I went out once every two weeks to like my lobster or something like that, <laughs> and I wouldn't go above thirty dollars a day in my spending so after work um i had a second job at the school that i was working at i was working with, with special olympics children and okay we, we, we would do activities kickball and basketball and all those cool things and i would go and i would read my books so i would read rich dad poor dad i would i would do whatever i could do to keep myself busy and not spend money oh wow that's the man that's that's a super inspiring and dope story and so and how how much was that property um, it was like uh, fifty something, fifty something 50 thousand. Something? Yeah, cool. so I put down, put down like fifty three hundred. I think it was ten percent to put down. Yeah, yeah, fifty three hundred, and I rock it out from there. Yeah. Wow. And what 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 uh, area was that? In uh, Yonkers, New York. Okay, you from you from New York? I'm from yeah, I'm from Atlanta now, but yeah, 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 I'm from New York. Okay, Yonkers area. Mm-hmm. Okay, even with the locks and Jada and with all the that. Locks, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I would go to the juice bar all the time. Actually, they they, they got juice bars. Yeah, they got juice bars. Like, yeah, which is which is yeah. super dope. I'm like they they push they push that hard too. So I'm like, man, that's heavy. dope. Yeah, heavy. I love it. So uh, just to, and to get to another thing, I want to get to was uh, the black real estate school. I know you have that. So like for the people who are not familiar with that or don't know about it and they want to get into real estate, like. What is some of the information that you're giving out in the black real estate school? So literally everything I know, everything I've known, done, and researched, and um, that's what it started with. But that was 2016. Wow, damn, these years are moving now. <laughs> and and um, uh, so so at first it was just me teaching lectures about what I know. But uh, there was some other phenomenal people, and, and, and they teach what they know. So um, I don't know if you know Kendra Barnes. K- K- I think I've heard. Kendra I think I've heard. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Her and her husband have like uh, over two million dollars worth of property. That they're in their thirties. They're killing, killing the game. Mm-hmm. She came up. She, she, she taught some lectures. Charles Ogilby taught some lectures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's gonna be. I, I'm having. Him, I'm bringing him on the show soon. Oh, that's dope, Chuck. Yeah. What up? <laughs> um, Ponzi Barnes, Scotty Smith, Tim Jackson. So I was able to team up with a, uh, a bunch of people who know who have, who have a certain expertise, and they came in and they teach you now. So so it's literally like an HBCU. It's just online. Online. Yeah, people just teaching the exact strategies of what we've done right and what we've done wrong. And um, I got an email yesterday from a, a lady named Patrice. Um, 
Yeah, is it Patrice? Yeah, 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 Patrice. And she was just saying how happy she was, and as she watched one of our tax lien videos, she got a tax lien that didn't get redeemed by the person, and now she owns the property free and clear, and she's going to rehab and rent it out, and it's her first property. And she said that she felt inspired from her 2017 lecture that we had, and now she got the property free and clear. So, like, these are the kind of stories, kind of movements that we have going on. Um, so I created it. I have another brother. He is 25 or 25. 26 and he just got engaged he just got engaged and he just closed on a duplex he'll be paying like a hundred or something dollars a month out of his own pocket to live in his house his tenants paying the rest <laughs> man. Can't with a tenant in it. can't tame with a tenant man, that's the, that's the best that's like yeah. the best way to do it man man so yeah man you know we're we're, we're changing lives brother man man that's that's and that's so dope that you uh helping people and giving out the information which is like with you having so much experience, because how long you been in the game? Like, what, 14, 15 years? Yeah. So yeah. you you got 15 years of experience. You can't beat that. So you you, <laughs> you pitching it out to, to, to young people that want to get into it. That's, that's so, like, dope and helpful, for real. So, like, I appreciate uh, it. So how many, like, how many, like, deals would you say you've done in this time period? Not a ton. Um, I, I, I have several properties now. I mm. had a few that I had lost. I actually teamed up with Charles Ogilvy, and um, I'm part of his, his investment group, and um, I'm in on, I think, three or four properties with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was a real estate agent. I was a real estate agent in New York City for about seven, about six, seven years as well. So if you count everything that I've done, yeah. uh, sales, um, buying holes, partial ownership, I've probably been a part of 30 or so transactions. Whew. Yeah, probably about, about thirty and that, so transactions. Yeah. And that, that's 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 definitely a nice amount. Now, what what would you say is a uh, are you are you pro like buy and hold or you like buy and flip? What would you say is a better strategy? What do you think? So it all it's all about the person's DNA, right? Okay. So um, I take less risk now than I did in my earlier years. So I, I've learned to appreciate boring, slow growth <laughs> in my later years. Uh, of course, some of the risks that I've taken, uh, I just want to do it now. So I, me, me personally, I like the buy and hold strategy okay. or even buy, fix it and hold because it's that long-term residual income. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm sure that I will start flipping uh, eventually, but I don't need to flip to make 10, 20, 30, 40 stacks on a deal. I'm cool with making 600, 800, 200 dollars a month on a transaction. transaction. Yeah, yeah. Um, my risk tolerance just kind of shifted in that regard. So, so buy and hold works fine for me. Uh, long-term boring money, I'll take it. Okay, I understand. And that's interesting because I'm 25 and like... I have the same, like, my mindset's pretty the same as far as, like, buying and hold. And I, and I think, like, with me being so young, I'm like, man, should I be trying to flip? Because I, I got the, like, youth on my side where I could take more risk. So I'm you like, do? yeah, I'm like, should I, should I be trying to, like, get more risky? Because I'm like, I don't mind the long-term money, like, just getting it consistent, consistently, having that cash flow. But I'm like, but sometimes I'm like, man, should I just, like, be trying to just buy and flip? Yeah, it's all about the situation. It's all about the situation. Um, yeah. What's your home life like? Do you have any kids? Mm-hmm. Do you have a, a nine to five job? You're in a relationship? Are you taking care of the household? I'm not asking you to answer this, but are you guys putting the bills? Right, right. Um, what's your FICO like? How much reserves do you have? So everybody has their own no. DNA. It's just what what makes the 
almost that's here's what I would tell people before they do a flip. I would I would encourage them to have at least a couple of safe properties, a couple of um, either primary residence or or rental property. Have something safe, something long term boring and safe before you go out and take some major risks. That's what I would personally recommend. Okay, yeah, and that, and that makes a lot of sense when you when you say that. It makes a whole lot of sense because. It's, it, it is a high risk when you're tr- trying to do a buy and flip, especially if you don't have any other assets. So that, Bingo. yeah, so that Bingo. that makes a lot of sense. So uh, to get it to get into one of the things that I that I love that you uh, like say all the time, and I see like especially when I go on your page is the owner be owned. Okay. I'm yeah, like yeah, I'm yeah. like man, that's like that's like the that's like the dopest saying to me. So like where did like what was, what was uh what originated that like? Man, I was. I was trying to think of that because I, I got asked that a little while ago as well. I remember <laughs> just saying it to a friend of mine, uh, my man Avery. This was probably 2014 or so. And he was like, you okay, that's your thing. I was like, what? The owner to be on, that's your line. That's your tagline. I was like, all right, cool. It works. So I, I just ran with it. I just ran with it. And it organically came from, so for us, the major, our most common issue that we're going to have or that we currently have is financial oppression and job oppression and um, if we have a criminal record we can't do certain things Uh, even more than police brutality which is of course that's wrong Um, mass incarceration obviously that's wrong but we're probably not going to get arrested most likely not we are probably going to deal with some racism when we're applying for a job that's probably gonna happen so if we i said okay like this is gonna be my there's a lot of issues in our community i'm gonna make business starting businesses and home ownership my solution to to our many problems so i just been pushing it pushing and pushing it and it's come on and 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 people have gotten and i got a book that's called Owner Beyond Clothing, mm-hmm. and a documentary that's coming out later this year called Owner Beyond. And yeah, man, ownership, ownership, it just does so much, even for the mental psyche, even for the self esteem. It, it just changes around so many things. So mm-hmm. I'm hardcore black ownership, Owner Beyond. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad you brought up like the, like the mental psyche and self esteem part. So some people that might ask, like, what do you what do you mean when you say it's good for like the mental psyche and self esteem, like? Explain that. Explain that more. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you if you have a job, mm-hmm. you have a job. Um, you're dealing with some nonsense at the job. You can feel you're, you're going to feel small. You're going to feel restricted and small. You're going to feel like I I can um, talk back or respond back to this person, but I don't know if I am because this is my job. I need the job. Now, if you, if you go through this and you have two duplexes. <laughs> and a notary business and an online clothing company, you can mm. say, all right, cool. I'll see you later. Um, I'm, I'm just having it. And I've been there. And I, I've been there both sides. I've been there without the assets and me feeling like literally small. Like, damn, like I, I, I'm going to have to eat this. And then it happening again for, for a different reason. And I was like, man, I didn't like the tone of that I was being told. I didn't like anything of that. I was like, I'm out of here. They didn't know this, but I was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> and yeah. after that. And, um, and I, I didn't even have a lot of assets at that time. I had two cribs, cribs that I lived in in a rental, and I had my notary business, and I was like, I'm out, because now I'm in an ownership position. Yeah, and right. Like, yo, I'm, I'm, I'm out of here. You don't, you don't need it. You know, you, you already got, you got assets to the side. 
So it's different, yep. So mm-hmm. what do you th- like? Uh, I tweeted something a couple a couple days ago. I think it was. I want to see like what, what what do you think about this? So you know how uh, I'm pretty sure you're familiar with what's going on in the tech industry, artificial intelligence, all that, all those things. Yeah. So yeah. yeah so I tweeted that like um, I'm like sooner or later having ownership is gonna be is you having ownership is gonna depends whether your your family eats or not. Like you're not just gonna be able to depend on having a job and being able to feed your family and bring in you know what I'm saying, bring in all this income because the jobs won't be there anymore. So if you don't have those assets or you're not setting up those assets now, your family not gonna be able to eat in abundance later. So what do, what do you think about that? I think that's a great tweet and I'm <laughs> glad people get hip to it. <laughs> I think we should be very scared of artificial intelligence. I don't know what the heck is going to happen out here. I mean, if you look at how many jobs are already gone, uh, cashiers, toll booth operators, um, a bunch of things, are, airport operators are already gone, and it's just going to increase. I don't see it slowing down. I wish it would, but I don't think it's going to slow down. Yeah, me, right. I think rental income, uh, is probably the safest thing that you can do. I'm, I don't think we, we should be focusing on passion right now, to be honest with you. Man, I'm, I'm you know, glad you said that. Passion project. We should be focusing on practicality. Man, that's man. I was, I was, I was, I was literally just saying it. I was like, and so I got some, I got some flack because I was saying how I was like, don't go after, don't go after what you love. Go after what you're good at. And some go people, your gift. <laughs> right? Go after your, you're the same thing. Go right? After your gift. I'm like, go out because I'm like, you could be passionate about something all you want, but if you suck at it, it's not going. It's like it's not going to be beneficial towards you. And here's the thing, right? We're men, right? So even even the most understanding woman, we at least got to be covering what at least half of the stuff. Mm-hmm. On a bare minimum basis, exactly. Or should we talk to like we're kids? It's gonna happen. Let's just be honest. Um, men need to have things in place. In place, it's just the way society is geared up. Call it right, call it wrong. It is what it is. We need to be very careful about the pursuing the dreams part on a full time basis without having things right. on. I'm a huge believer in men, especially black men, having some, some stuff that's working. I just, uh, I don't love everything I do. Mm-hmm. Some things I do that uh, I barely even like, but mm. it pays. Right. Right. So there are, there are other hours. Like, I enjoy this. I'm enjoying talking to you right now. This is right. what I love. Right. If I didn't do the boring stuff, I couldn't be in a position to talk to you. Mm. So, so. That's deep. There's front end passion where we love it and it's going well. We're excited about it. And there's back end passion where we do it. But on the back end, we're able to buy our queen a real estate um, exam. Mm-hmm. Pay for her license. We're, we're able to pay for trips. We're, we're, we're able to provide for groceries. We gotta, we gotta, um, we've been hyped up by this passion conversation and it's like, yo. You, there's 24 hours in the day. There's seven days a week. There's time to do everything, but us as men, black men, we need to have things in place. Period. Yep, I, I agree 100. percent And what, what, with all that, it comes a certain amount of discipline because it's easy mm-hmm. to do the things you like to do, but when you, like you said, you do a lot of stuff you do you don't even like to do, but you discipline enough to where you still do it because you know it's it, it, it's beneficial to you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it works, man. Some things just work. You gotta know that if you don't have a ton of money on deck, you gotta do what works up until you can do other things. Man, that's 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 so real. That's so real. And uh, I seen uh, you have a book called "The Ten Habits of Underachievers." 
And I'm like, oh man, I, I, I'm like, I definitely got to get that. I, I, I like, I like that title alone. So like, what is like? Well, obviously the t- the title kind of tells you, but just to dive into it a little bit more, if you if you don't mind. Yeah, get get the top ten habits on the keyboard. So I've interviewed um, hundreds of people over the years for different platforms, and I, and I just observed people just just by listening and, and watching, and the people who who aren't achieving. And, and achieving isn't by my standards; it's, it's by their own personal standards. That, 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 that they don't feel that they're advancing in life; that they're, they're operating below their standards. They're doing the same things. People don't even know each other. They're usually doing the same things. And um, I'll share a few of them. One is they overthink everything. Everything is overthought. Everything has to be perfect before they execute. Um, a second thing is that is they live in the past. They are stuck on who they used to be, what they used to do, their upbringing, mm. things, things that didn't work. And there's just 10 things that these that people are doing who, 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 who feel like they're lackluster in life. And I was just like, huh, let me just put this all in a book. Let me put put, put out what I've seen. And um, people have read it and they felt like I was talking to them, which is exactly what I was trying to get across. I want people to either challenge themselves. They say, you know what? I'm cool with just living and, and living an average life. I'm cool with that. Okay, great. Mm-hmm. Or, or I wanted them to be ticked off and say, wow, like I, I'm not doing what I need to do. And I'm going to do that. I'm going to use this book to go into high gear and just call myself out. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's pretty good. It's pretty wow. good. I like it. Yeah, it's, it sounds great. I'm, I'm definitely, I'm de- I definitely will be purchasing that book. And so, I appreciate it. And, and to go on the other side of the spectrum of that, uh, I, you, I know you haven't wrote a book on it, but what do you think are the, the, the 10 habits of overachievers? Yeah, I haven't, but this is, let's look at that one. Maybe I should. <laughs> um, they have extreme focus mm-hmm. they they're able to focus um I, i'm working on some instagram flyers actually currently now mm-hmm. uh, there's this thing called a, 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 what i call a, a professional business hopper so they quit projects like every like 60 days or so <laughs> and they quit at the same point <laughs> they quit when they get bored yep they quit when they get bored and things get hard, but then they don't realize that it's, it's, it's happening with every it's every project. So, like they don't do that. They're focused. They either hold themselves accountable, or they have somebody who they pay. Usually, who they pay to hold themselves accountable. Wow. So, top athletes, top business people, they all have coaches. And I and I just was studying people. And I was like, why you uh, like you 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 have a coach? You have a business coach? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, but I, and I was thinking. How come you have a business coach? You make so much money. Then it hit me like that's why, that's why he makes so much money because they have pay. They're paying so much to be on top of them. That alone changes things. So focus, accountability, follow through when things get boring, um, and they don't start too many projects at the same time. That the whole multiple streams thing, and which I call multiple systems thing, it's gotten out of hand. Uh, a mastery leads to multiple. So if you focus on mastery then you'll end up with multiple. So people are successful. They don't start doing things at one time. And if they do, they've done it after they've mastered something. Mm, that's deep. That's deep. So, cause that's a, that's, that's a common thing now where so many people want to dive into so many different things at the same time. And what you- I tried it. Look, look <laughs> I, this is from experience here. I, I tried it for years, but up until I stopped doing it, like that's like, I didn't hit six figures up until I stopped. It. Until you stopped doing it. 
Wow. And like like the saying goes, they say uh, a jack of all trades is a master of none. Nothing. Yeah. yeah so that mm-hmm. that definitely makes sense. So for the people that's listening, y'all, y'all should definitely take heed, take advice to what he, pay attention to what he's saying. So another question I have for you, like, uh, wants to die for the people that don't know what is crowdfunding equity. The company. Oh, okay. Cry- yeah, yeah. I wanted to go into that. You were doing your research. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> equity. So, so equity. So, um, there's this thing in place called uh, equity crowdfunding where you can own parts of businesses for like sometimes twenty five, fifty, a hundred, two hundred thousand upwards. And I just thought it was the coolest thing ever because I meet so many people who want to become an entrepreneur, or what they say they do. But they really don't. Sometimes they just want to be an investor and own stuff. Mm-hmm. And I meet other people like me, like us, who, who own businesses, but we don't want to run everything we do because I ain't got time for all that. Right. But but I still want the ownership and equity in it. And um, I was working with the Tulsa Real Estate Fund for a while. I don't know if you ever heard of Tulsa Real Estate Fund. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I invested in it. Okay, cool, yeah, yeah. Cool, cool. <laughs> So I was running, I was running um, social media operations and hosting the, the weekly podcast calls talk Thursday for about a year or so mm-hmm. and I just thought wow this this equity crowdfunding thing is so cool that like you, you can put a certain amount of money in and you can own this and you don't have to work and I just think it's genius and I was like man it is. I, I know there's so many people who need to learn more about it so I just created a platform just and I was and I bring on people how you're interviewing me now who, who mm-hmm. know who know about it um, we're going to put a more comprehensive course together for mm-hmm. people to learn more about it and know how to raise money and right. know about the SEC laws and all that stuff but yeah. it's just a simple play by play on how to get started and I bring on people who are raising money who are currently raising money and, and allow people to meet the people who they potentially okay that, that makes that make, that make, partner with okay so and so getting into the, the like raising money aspect of things so I see it's a common thing I see with like uh, new entrepreneurs and new business owners where they like looking for investors like people they start a business they looking for investors and like my 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 like my thing is like i just made a video about this is like it's weird that like it's kind of like when you go to the bank for a loan it's hard to get the loan when you really really need it but when you like yep. when you good and you got you know what i'm saying your credit good you got money in the bank yeah they got they they, they they hand you the money like it ain't nothing when you don't really need it. When you just like, yeah, I, I'll use y'all money. So I, I think it's like the same way in business where it's, it's, it's easy to find investors when you're in business, when you already got the track record. You built something already. <laughs> and you are cold for a 25-year-old, man. You're cold for a 40-year-old. <laughs> I, I, I just want to say that real quick. I appreciate I appreciate that. So, like, I just wanted to talk. I wanted to. I wanted to uh, have a dialogue on that real quick. What do you think about that? Because I see that all the time. Yeah, man. I tell you, reputation and follow through is everything. Mm-hmm. Especially now that we are, as the people, we're more unified than I've ever seen. We're doing stuff together. So, there were three black real estate meetups last weekend. Oh, it was one in Houston that I, I know. One in Houston. One in. Baltimore, D.C., mm-hmm. and one in Cleveland. Okay. I actually happen to know people who were, who were running all three of them, just ironically. I guess I happen to know people who were running all three of them. Yeah, I just, I just, yeah. uh, not to cut you, sorry to cut you off, but I just, mm-hmm. uh, I just interviewed two of them that, like, like they kind of, like, headed the one for Houston. Oh, who was it? It was Brandon and, Brand, um, Brandon and, uh, and Kay, Kay Cole. Yep. I don't know Kay, but I know Brandon and yep. Money Man do. Yeah. I actually invested money man though. I'm actually part of his investment group. Wow. 
Yeah, yeah, that's crazy, man. See that? I love see everybody like this, like the whole community is like working Everyone's together. Connected, right? Yeah, but that could be good or it could be backfire. Mm. What if I didn't pay the money that I owed? What if I didn't follow through on something? What if I would have took the money around with the money or or, or something would have gone wrong? Um, sorry, it's all so, good. It's all good. So, so the key is now that we have. Here we are working together across the country, people who have met each other in person. That can go great if you do the right thing or it can go bad if you don't. Reputation is freaking everything because everybody knows each other. Mm. <laughs> everybody knows each other. Yep. You invested in Tulsa Fund. What if I would have found out what the funds were? You wouldn't have had me on the podcast. You're like, oh, Trey, I know Trey, he didn't do the right thing. So doing the reputation is your investment money. Yeah. That is your capital. Wow. Your wow. reputation and your follow through. That's why, like, if you're a business hopper and you quit things every 60 days, people don't say it, but they realize it. They, they notice re- it. They're like, man, he was just doing something different two months ago. Yeah, well, what's going on with this and that? Oh, yeah, stop doing that. Well, like, people are going to look at you. Are, is that somebody who I want to invest my money in? So, man, if you can, if you can follow through on what you said you were going to do, not even on a perfect level, just on an above average level. And and give people fair value. You have a but you will, you will have people lined up ready to give you money. Lined up. Lined up. Yes, I, I I agree. I agree. And do you do you think do you even think like uh, do you think a new business owner should be looking for investors? What do you think about that? It depends on the business. Mm-hmm. And um, so if I start things usually that cost between five hundred and two thousand dollars to start. Mm-hmm. I don't start things that usually cost a ton of money. I'm up with notary business, which I had since I was 23 years old. My longest business, most business ever. I started that with like 500 bucks. So it all depends on on what you're trying to do and 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 what you already have on deck. Um, if you need it, you know it is what it is. But I think more people don't need it than they think. I think more people don't need it than actually think that they do need yeah, it. Yeah, I think so. It's, it's just teaching. Yeah, yep. I think the same thing because I I'll get people. Some people that hit me up and they're like, "Uh, yeah, you want to invest this in my business?" Like they they'll probably ask for like a thousand dollars. Or I'm like, "Yo, like you could you could find a way to work your way up and get a thousand dollars." You know what I mean? It's like I understand yeah. you might want somebody to invest, but it's like, come on, man. It's, it's only like you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> and if you need a thousand dollars to start, I'm gonna I might be thinking. Okay, like you need a thousand dollars to start this. What have you already put into exactly. it? Exactly. Going on it. Are you? Is it something you don't want to? So let, here goes here goes here goes an example that makes sense. A thousand dollars. Let's say you got a house in Cleveland that costs ten thousand dollars. You got three thousand dollars, and you want people to come up with the rest. That's right. a fair deal. But but like if you're gonna start a blog and you need a thousand dollars to start the blog, I might not be. Yeah, it's like yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, I'm definitely with. Uh, yeah, that's those are two perfect examples. Now, the, another thing I wanted to get to was the passive income school because you got so you got so many like dope things going on. I yeah, I, I, I kind of wanted to dive into like yeah, all of, yeah. So yeah, you go into you go. Yeah, the passive income school. So um, when I learn something well, I I teach it. Like that's just what I do. I learn something well, I teach it, and I was like. Okay, I'm making a good amount of money from passive income now. So let me just show people the systems that I created. Um, books have a really good ROI, by the way. So books, 
people don't look oh. at books as passive income when not, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it costs like two dollars and twenty five, twenty four cents for me to print out some of the books. I can sell each one of them for like fourteen bucks. Um, even if I include shipping in that, I'm making like eight, nine dollars a book. Wow! I don't have to write the book one time ever. I don't ever have to write that book again. That book is done. Wow. <laughs> Even if I knock off five a week, and let's say I make fifty bucks a week, that's two hundred bucks a month. Like that's a car payment. That's that's money for the Roth IRA. So it's a bunch of systems that you can implement to help you. Just even like a little bump here, bump there. My online clothing store. I'm getting like thirteen to twenty five, twenty seven percent per item. Mm -hmm. If I sell a T-shirt for twenty bucks, I can make between um, three to seven dollars off of that T-shirt. Again, times that if I but if do fifty bucks a week with that, so fifty from the book, fifty from the t-shirts, that's a hundred bucks a week. That's four hundred bucks a month. That's a part-time job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All from things that I don't have to recreate and work every day of the week. So I just put those systems um, in the program. Um, also, my notary business. Uh, I don't even have to do the jobs myself. I have a signing service now where people call me and I can have other people go out and, and, and do the jobs on their own. Let's say I make $50 per transaction. I do three transactions a day. That's 150 right there. Or let's say I do three a week. That's 150 right there. Again, it adds up. So all these systems, I just teach what I know and I help people understand that in the step-by-step -step format. Wow. That's so, that's, that's so dope and so crazy. And just for a side note, I want to ask you something. And I'm, I'm gonna get right back into this is uh with the note with the notary business because um my girlfriend that's the thing she's actually getting into she was a uh, she was a paralegal that's we met in the uh, military we were in the air force so that's oh, how we no. met yeah that's what's up. <laughs> so she was a paralegal in and, uh so now she's getting her uh she's about to get a notary license I think next week and she was like I'm like I'm not super informed on notary so she was explaining to me how it works and I'm like really i'm like i'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm like because she was like yeah you get like you get paid like per signature and stuff because she was like she might charge like ten dollars a signature and i'm looking at it i'm like that's not a lot of money but she was like do you know how many documents and how many signatures it is and like housing documents and, and stuff? the travel, yeah, and the and travel. The travel yeah i'm like oh california, right yep yeah, so in California, it's, it's ten dollars per signature, and in other places, it might, it might be like two dollars or two fifty. Mm -hmm. But here's what you could do: is or she could do is carry the travel fee of forty bucks. Say they have three documents to sign. That's thirty dollars. The signature is forty dollars for travel fee. That's seventy dollars. She's there for twenty minutes or less. Mm. And she's out. Like, and loan closings, they usually pay between eighty and two hundred dollars. Now that's more work. It's more time. Uh, but it's still you're still there for probably an hour tops. So there's so many ways to freak it. It's like I have had students. I had a student who did a fingerprinting assignment. It's two of them, uh, or a couple like you guys, mm -hmm. and they made that is, this isn't common. I, I don't want to act like it is, but they made thirty six hundred dollars in one day. Thirty. From, for, he's from he's from taking fingerprints. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they took fingerprints for a whole company. It was like an entire company. They charged, I think, maybe like one twenty-five, one fifty a person, and they made thirty-six hundred dollars a day. Now, on average, those appointments, um, like they charge between, or I charge between, like seventy-five and one fifty, and and you're literally there for like twenty minutes. This is one of the best businesses. That's what, that's what I was telling you. I don't even love this, but this pays well. It's, it's taken for thirteen years. Like wow. 13 years I've been doing this for, and now I'm teaching it. I've been teaching it for four, and like seven or eight of my students are now teaching at the school too because they're killing it. 
So, yeah, man, this thing works. I think she's doing the right thing. Tell her she's doing the right thing. <laughs> yeah, because I know when she first was telling me, I was just looking at her like, that don't sound, that don't really sound like. But then she's breaking it down to me. I'm like, oh, I'm like, wow. I'm like, that's crazy. But that's the thing, right? Um, I like non-flashy, non-sexy stuff. Yeah. I don't hate flashy, sexy stuff. Most people are like, well, I don't, I don't really get it. That's perfect. That's where you want to be. Yeah. Because if everyone gets it, then it's everybody's gonna do it. So that's what you want. That's where you want to be. Wow, that, and that's so crazy because it's a, a, I see a lot of successful people. That's usually how they think. They go into things that people, other people, are not willing to do, and. They, they really pay attention to the details and, and saying, like, everything adds up. Because somebody might be thinking, like, oh, you're only getting $200 a month from this side business. Whereas, like, if you got most, that's $200 from one. And they see it as, they don't yeah. see it as anything, but it's like two, $200, for, $200 for a year, for five years, 10 years, that's thousands and thousands of dollars from, from pretty much passive income. Like, <laughs> longevity. Longevity. Like, people don't think like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the key. That, that's the key to wealth. Yeah. How long? Not how soon could you make money from it? How long can I make money for this on a consistent basis? Mm. See, that's where you want to be. Damn. That, and, that, and that. See, that, and that's deep, man. See, you get, you get, you get, you give out a lot of gems today, man. That's, that's yeah. <laughs> you, you got a lot I'm of gems. I'm happy to help, man. Yeah. I'm happy to help. So, but uh, are you you uh like into tech, like investing into tech as well, right? Um, I've invested into tech companies via equity crowdfunding. I have some projects that I'm working on. Mm -hmm. Um, Once I get some more time to go full throttle on them, I am. Um, I I have some pretty cool things that I got cooking on my own. But but, but, but I have been investing in companies. I probably invested in seven to ten companies via equity crowdfunding. Um, Uh, Because, like, so how my experience from getting started in tech was, like, I... uh, in in 2017, like right before the crypto craze, when you know what I mean, you know you you know. So I I started investing in crypto in like the summer of 2017. So I'm like, okay. I wasn't that informed, but I'm like, all right, I'm let me just see worst case scenario. You know what I mean? So I started going to a lot of conferences, and I'm like close to Silicon Valley. I'm like two hours away, so I would just drive up there. Me and my girl, we just drive up there and just go to conferences and learn and see what's going on. So then I'm like, okay, so I got more and more informed. Then I started getting into tech and stuff like that. So that's why I asked about the tech, the tech thing, because it's it's a gotcha. huge industry. Yeah, man, so much potential out there. So much potential. So much under 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 is undervalued in in our community. I think. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. And uh, so another, another uh, going back to the passive income thing, because I uh, kind of strayed away from, it, but I wanted to ask some more questions about it. So, like, yeah. how uh, for the people that's listening, so they, because well, a lot of people they got questions about passive income, like, well, like how to set it, like how can I set up streams of passive income, like how important do you think it is? Because some people, I hear some people say like, like uh, it's not about passive income. You could. It's sometimes you could just create some like one large lump sum income a couple of times, and then you know what I mean. You know what I'm saying? So I, yeah. But I'm like, um, so <laughs> so here's why it's so important, right? Because I was in a car accident in 2015. Oh man. Um, yeah, it was pretty bad. Um, torn stuff in my back, both disc in my neck, and like all kinds of crazy stuff. So so I, I could walk, but I was in pain. Um. 
I couldn't do those notary jobs anymore or sell real estate anymore. I was just totally out of it. Luckily, I had some clients who I was middlemaning, so, so I was able to eat off of that a little bit. But I didn't grow it to the point where it was self-sustaining at that point. Mm-hmm. That I, I already had the idea to teach online, but that forced me to be able to teach online. I had to use my brain because I couldn't use my body um, for a certain time period. So passive income... Um, and it's not about the streams. I want to change the word streams to systems. It's about mm. systems. It is needed. You don't know when your body won't be able to serve you. You don't know when it's going to happen. Hopefully it won't. But prepare for it. Right. Prepare before you need it. Mm. <laughs> prepare before you need it. Preparation is the key. And again, it could be 25 bucks a week, 25 bucks a day, 200 bucks a day. You need to have something that works for you that you don't have to physically work every day. It needs to be the mantra for all of us. Yeah, I, 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 and I definitely agree. Like I second that a hundred percent. I feel like, cause how I see it is, I see it as like each stream that you set up a passive, a consistent passive stream is like you buying some time back. Like, okay, mm, that's a good way to look. Yeah, that's that's, a, a that's how look I look at it. it. I look at it just as me, it's just me buying time. Say like if I if I like if you work a job, you work nine ten hours a day. And you get paid two, three thousand dollars a month. If you set up a stream where you get eight hundred dollars a month, that kind of takes away somebody. He's like, okay, I don't have to. If I don't want to, I still should work this job. But if I set up another stream, that takes away half those hours right there. You know? Piece by piece, man. And look, if you can go out and make twenty, let's say do wholesaling, can make five, ten, twenty, thirty bears an operation. But hey, go for it. Yeah. But you don't know what can happen one day yeah. where you can't. Exactly. You can't. You gotta have things that work for you. Uh, yeah, yep. That's that's super important. Having your money working for you all, all the time, all mm-hmm. the time. And that's. Yeah, uh, I I don't know. I didn't get to ask this. Was you were like? Did you grow up in like a financially literate household? Um, semi, semi. My parents, especially my dad, he stressed the importance of ownership. Mm-hmm. Um, stressed the importance of home ownership, business ownership, and and what he did was he he didn't allow us to feel inferior by our race. Okay. So he was like, if you're in school with somebody, like they're no better than you. Like like you, his his exact line was, if you're in class with somebody then you shouldn't ever have to work for them. Like, they should be working for you or you mm. guys work together. So we weren't allowed to feel inferior for for any any kind of reason. Any kind of reason. It just, just wasn't allowed. Wow. <laughs> wasn't and that, allowed. That's, mm-hmm. that's a dope. That's, that's how it should be, I think. Yeah. 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 And, and it's, man, I tell you, um, upbringing can make or break people so oh much. Oh, my God. Man, I was just, ta- I was just talking about this because I'm like, because how I see it with, with, with wealth, like how I see wealth, I think I look at it as like systems build wealth. Like mm-hmm. without a, without like a good system, I don't know if it's like really possible to build like substantial wealth like longevity wise you know what i mean yeah so but i feel like systems are made from like a youth being programmed to like who because i i read uh uh have you ever read um uh watch the white man have all the fun by reginald lewis yeah yeah Yeah, so so when i read that book like within the first couple chapters 
Like, if you read that book, you will understand why who why why he is who he is, seeing how he was raised, how his mom forced him to not feel, like, uh, inferior to anyone. Just installing that confidence in him. So when you bringing up, like, the youth and how you were raised, I'm like, man, that's so important. Because, like, that that's, like, the make-or-break phase, really. It's huge. And here goes a funny story. I, I met his daughter. I wow. met one of his daughters um, in New York, Manhattan. I was doing a notary signing, actually. I probably made it. It's like 125, 150 off of that assignment. In this fly apartment in Manhattan. I was like, man, who are these people? Um, <laughs> and I saw his pictures on the wall. I was like, oh, okay, they must be showing us a love. But I saw more pictures. I was like, is this your dad? She's like, yeah. He's like, you know my dad? I'm like, do I know your dad? <laughs> I, I, I wrote articles and blogs about him. I read all his books. And, and um, yeah, yeah. Wow. That was crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. Wow, that's a, that that'll be a dope experience, man. Cause he's he's yeah. yeah, he was such a dope example. But yeah, that, that that's wild, man. You, you threw me off with that one. That's that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it was nuts. It was nuts. Yeah, that's crazy, man. Yeah, man. So, like uh, I forgot. I, I know I I wanted to ask you something else. I can't remember exactly what it was, man. Oh, my, this was my question was so with uh, uh with the housing market being kind of like high right now, would you suggest like people? What do, what what is your thoughts on like buying right now or just holding out and waiting on the crash? So waiting on the crash, it might be good, but you might be not be able to get financing. So mm. when the crash happened in 2008, I actually, we were talking about the I lost three houses along the way. Uh, I got scammed on some deals, just my situation, lost my money, uh, chapter seven, all that stuff. So Damn. I want to give context that everything has not been pretty. In this, right, right. Uh, That's how it is, though. Journey. It's real. It's yeah. real. But but luckily, I had some safer assets that which I was able to hold on to. So that's why I told you earlier about having that safe, boring stuff, mm -hmm. uh, opposed to all these flipping things, which can work. But it's always the best of safe stuff. Anyway, um, what had happened with the market was even the house prices went down, lending got tight, so it was harder to borrow money from the bank. Um, I'm a believer in not if you can execute, don't. Wait, so if I buy a house for, let's say, um, 50 grand and it's worth 30 grand in a couple of months, the price went down because of the crash, I can live with that, right? What I don't want to happen is I waited and now I can't get financing because the market crashed. I would rather be locked in at a higher price point rather than miss out again because I'm thinking not about next year or next month. I'm thinking about three, five, 10, 15, 20, 30 years from now. So I know long-term that housing price is going to come back. So I'm not waiting. I'm buying everything buy as soon as I can. Okay. I'm, I'm buying stuff. I'm buying stuff. Oh, yeah. That's all. Because I because some people have different thoughts on it. So I'm like, I just want to see like what your take or what your strategy is. And I and I agree with what you said, by the way, because I, I'm like the last time the recession happened, I was like a freshman eighth grade so i yeah. i wasn't the breadwinner for my family so i don't really know like how that feels like so so i always ask people just to like you know get understanding and see okay so this is what i'm gonna do when it happens so i'm like so that's why i ask people that all the time yeah it was it was scary actually um i i had left the job i left the job that i had twice i um i left things were going good with, with my notary business i was literally i was missing out on calls like a few hundred dollars worth of calls a day i had people that my man Mike doing some jobs for me after work. I was doing them. I was making a couple hundred, hundred bucks a day, which at 23, 24, that's not, that's not bad while you have a job. But I was just missing out because my phone kept on ringing. It was popping. But once the market crashed, but this thing about, about having diversification as well, um, at the time I was just doing loan closings 
for minority business and 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 once the market crashed i wasn't i was hardly getting any call so i wasn't getting four five six a day to none that actually pushed me into doing other notary services the fingerprinting apostilles wills power of attorneys all that good stuff but um i business like literally ceased almost ceased and i had to go back to the same job that i had before luckily luckily i left on good terms because I was, you know, <laughs> right at that time the second time i was telling people to go kiss my you know <laughs> but, anyway, but anyway um it can get crazy it can get crazy which is why i uh, you got to have more than one thing cooking uh but you got to start with mastery and you can't wait till it happens. Like, like I plan for the recession all the time. Okay. What am I going to do if this happens? I wonder if this happens. I plan this thing out because having a few, a few hundred bucks coming a day to none, it will make you rethink a lot of things. So yeah, man, yeah. I, I was hit by it. I was hit. Wow. Yeah. Cause I, man, I, that's, I love having this conversation with people that's been through the recession. Cause like I said, I haven't been through it. So I want to know like all the, all the things to maneuver around, all the things to watch out for. So I always ask people like, man, so what, what, what was it like? And another, uh, another question I had, I'm going to uh, get ready to close in a minute was, uh, like, so I'm trying to think of where to ask this. So like, would you say it's a good idea to be staying liquid right now? It, it depends on what you have going. So, um, if you give me a scenario, I could better answer that question. So, let me let me see. I'm trying, I'm trying to think of a scenario that'll work. If somebody has X Y Z doubt, so so let's say if, if someone has sixty grand mm-hmm. or eighty grand, mm-hmm. so the sixty grand or eighty grand, um, opposed to being liquid, what would they buy? Probably a uh, land. Raw vacant land, yeah, yeah, vacant land, yeah. or no, no, right. or or homes, either, either yeah. Well, I would buy the homes because the homes will give you cash flow, mm. and if your credit's right, and depending on how how crazy the market gets, like you can probably borrow from it if you have enough equity in there. And I know things might get crazy. I wouldn't spend all of my money, but but if I can get some semi-safe assets a home i could rent out and or even better do like airbnb or short-term rentals in in it i, I would go that route but but i would definitely keep something in reserve i wouldn't spend the whole 60 or 80 yeah. i might spend like 30 40 or 50. 30 40 50 yep that's that's interesting because I, I that's another question i always ask people too because i get some people that say oh i'm st- i'm just st- i'm staying liquid for the recession i'm staying liquid then i get people i talk to some people and they're like no nah, i'm just i'm still going in i'm still buying assets and i'm like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like okay i mean it depends on whatever whatever you goals you got and what works for you is how, how yeah. i see it yeah also you know and and do they have a full-time gig you mm-hmm. know like, like like what's their life like so so i um I think my business that I have currently is recession proof. Not say I can't take a hit, but I might have to lower prices. I might have to adjust some things. But people will always need to get their loan documents notarized. They will always need notary to notarize their wills and power of attorneys. They will always need fingerprints done. They will always need apostilles being processed. Mm-hmm. So I think that I have positioned myself fairly well for the up and coming recession based upon the, the strategies that I have mastered. Mm, recession proof. I love. I love that saying. The yes, sir. Recession proof business model. Now, I, I forgot. I wanted to touch on this earlier. I forgot, man. This is my last question. I promise. I, I've been. That's all good. I'm having fun. <laughs> are you into? Are you like a stock investor? I have stocks. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I, I wouldn't 
call myself well i, I am an investor i have them. <laughs> i'm not an avid investor okay um it's not like high on my priority list i think i might put like 50 or 100 bucks when i, when I put them it's okay. like 100 bucks away a month into various stocks um, okay i don't know a bunch of them i don't i don't know the symbols i know some marijuana stocks i invest in stocks with some groups i have them it's mm-hmm. not it's not my main thing though okay i just wanted to ask that i was because I, I like i like uh for people to touch on that a little bit too that's why I, that's why i asked that so i mean it, it makes sense but mm-hmm. you doing you doing you doing it right either way, man. I I, I definitely <laughs> salute, you salute you for giving so much game to like I to it, us and, and giving back, it. man. And you and you still super young. You only thirty six. That's what's crazy. I feel good. Yeah, I feel good. <laughs> do you do you do you feel do you feel young or do you feel like do you? Because sometimes like I feel like I'm twenty five and I feel like sometimes I feel younger than twenty five. But then sometimes when I'm around my peers, I'll be like, man, am I like? I don't know. I be feeling old. Like, is this just me? Like, cause I, I could be in the club. I could be on the club, and I'll just be thinking, like, why am I here? Like, I feel stupid. <laughs> uh, <laughs> nah, nah. I, I wouldn't go that far. I wouldn't go that far. Uh, it's, it's about the diversification. You yeah. Know? Like, uh, and sometimes those uh, those club nights actually have us work better the next week because we got to have some fun and get some stuff out of our system. So it's all about balance. Um, I, I feel mature. Okay. I feel mature. I feel seasoned. Yeah. Um, That's dope. I can remember clearly when I was your age, and I'm looking now. I'm thinking, well, you know, 50s right there. So I'm at a, like a kind of a weird spot where I remember 25, and I'm looking at 50. So. But you getting, um, getting better. I'm getting better. I'm getting, and I'm enjoying the journey. I'm, I'm enjoying the journey. I'm enjoying teaching. I'm enjoying helping people make money. Um, I have a lot of peace. I have a lot of peace within me. Mm, that's and that's what's the most important. And you, yeah. man, it's crazy. I, like I, I know I keep saying it, but you, because some people see forty and thirty, mid thirties is old. To me, I'm like that's super young. To me, I don't see old as to you like seventy or something. I feel like my best years are gonna be when I'm like forty. <laughs> have you, have you, because they're doing what you're doing now, man. You're gonna crush it at forty, man. You're gonna have an amazing life at forty, dude. It's gonna be nuts. It's gonna be nuts. That's the plan, man. That's the plan. But uh, yeah, I, I, I'm gonna get ready to close out, and I I just want to say I definitely appreciate you coming on, man, because you're giving these gems, giving us game, and because I, I know you're a bit a busy man, so I definitely appreciate having you on, and I and I want to do this again, and I'm gonna definitely be keeping in touch with you, and if it's anything like you ever need or you want help with or assistance with, feel free to hit me up whenever, bro, and I and I'm I definitely here it. for you, willing to help with anything. I appreciate it, man. I appreciate everything, and congrats for everything you're doing. Congrats to your brother mm-hmm. and uh, your sister-in-law, and your <laughs> queen going to get her notary yeah. and, um, and her real estate license. Yeah. And uh, I, it's an honor to be here, man. It's an honor. Thank you. Man, man. Thank appreciate you so much, that. man. We got to do this again. Like I said, appreciate you coming on, bro. Let's do it, man. Next month, I'll be back. All right, yeah. Bet. <laughs> Bet it, man. All right. All right, later. All right, later. Peace. Peace. All right, guys, that was another episode of the Millionaire Mindsets Podcast with special guest Andre Hatchett. He dropped a lot of gems, a lot of game. I, I, I forgot to get his, uh, <laughs> I forgot for him to give out his uh, social media inf- inf- information. So for those those who want to follow him, you can find him on Instagram at uh, Andre Hatchett. I don't, I don't believe he has a Twitter, but his uh, Instagram is Andre Hatchett. That's A-N-D-R-E 
H-A-T-C-H-E-T-T. You can find him on Instagram if you want to reach out to him. And don't don't forget to look out for his book, The Ten, the Top Ten Habits of Underachievers. And you can also uh, find him. For, he has the, the Black Real Estate School for those who want to get involved to real estate. And he also has the Passive Income School. So I reach out to him. Hit him up if that's something you're looking into. And for those who don't know, uh, my Instagram is Xavier C. Miller, X-A-B-I-E-R-C Miller. And my Twitter is XCM Park Hill. And Deanna's, her uh, Instagram is Deanna Kent. And her Twitter is Deanna S. Kent. And that's all we got for y'all. Appreciate y'all for tuning in for another episode. We'll see you guys next episode. Peace. On the way to the big check. You ain't know I'm up next when I'm on the way. You ain't take risks cause you too afraid. I'ma just eat till I'm overweight. On the way. Oh, a lot of shit on the way. On the way.